Good evening, everybody, and welcome. This is Molly Rowan Leach, and I am your host of this ongoing dialogue series, telecouncil series, Restorative Justice and Social Healing in the United States and Beyond. It's so great to be with everybody. We've had a few weeks of quiet time, and uh, the series is continuing on. And you can check out mollyrowanpresents.com for a free um, catalog of archives, as well as the archives from tonight's call and from our upcoming series calls, which include Saul Arbes and Penny Arbes from Canada and the Department of Peace, and a future date to be announced with Dominic Barter of Restorative Circles, as well as uh, a telecourse in restorative justice and social healing that will feature a lot of our our past speakers. So welcome everyone, and it's great to be here. Tonight I am so pleased and, and honored to have a very special guest with us. Um, and before I get, get into announcing and welcoming her, I, I just wanted to share a few little tidbits about tonight's call. Um, throughout the evening, if you would like to interact with NIL, our, our guest speaker tonight, just go ahead and press 1 on your keypad and that will alert me to open up your mic and if, if you have a question or a comment or a reflection. And towards the end of the evening, I'll just simply be opening up the mic anyway. But I just want to make it known that um, if you press 1 on your telephone keypad at any time tonight throughout the call, if you have something you'd like to jump in with, Please do so, and I'll make sure that, that we get to you. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Anayel Harpaz. And before I do that, um, Anayel asked me to specifically please dedicate this evening uh, together to two young women who were killed in uh, the conflict in Israel-Palestine. Um, one woman, Moran Amit, daughter of a friend of Anayel's, and the other, Bisan Abulash, who was killed by the Israeli army in 2009. So this, this evening is dedicated to these beautiful young women, these girls who were caught in the violence. And may there be peace in this world, and may the the conflict still, and our hearts open. So it's without any further ado that I'd just like to share a few words about uh, Anayel's life. And in her own words, just share with you what, how she's seen her journey. She says she's a person who grew up in a land of separation, born in South Africa in the 50s. And at the age of 17, she left the apartheid she hated only to go to another country of deep separation. Israel, without even being aware of that separation, because she only knew her narrative as a Jewish child born soon after the Holocaust. She grew up hating Arabs and Germans, and of course hadn't met any, but this was her cultural conditioning. About 20 years after that, she immigrated to Israel and started on her spiritual path and took part in a workshop on suffering. She had lost a baby and wanted to heal the terrible pain she was feeling. 
She had no idea that the workshop was taking place in Nablus in the West Bank. For the first time, she met Arab people and she met their suffering. She says this was a life-changing moment. So fast-forwarding here, um, I'm going to let Anayel open tonight by sharing her story, but I'd like to note some of her extraordinary work includes um, a book that has been published called From Pieces to Peace, which is a book of poems. It's a beautiful poem, and I would highly recommend that you find it on Amazon.com, From Pieces to Peace. And Anayel is currently um, working on a children's story about Billy Bully, which she'll be sharing more about tonight with us. And um, great news is that it's on the Kickstarter campaign in a few days. Um, and we'll include a peace pillow that comes with the story itself. We'll be talking more about that at, later in the call. Anael also has spent quite a few years with a very incredible group called Creativity for Peace based in New Mexico and in um, Israel-Palestine quite literally working um, in the trenches with young women, bringing them into their hearts and into their creative spirit, bunking uh, Israeli women, uh, young women and girls together, and bringing them together in song, in art, and in, in compassionate listening and other practices that Anayo was a part of leading. So it's, it's just been an incredible journey that this woman has led. And it's my honor to welcome you so warmly tonight, Anayel. Thank you Thank for you. being here. Thank you. Well, you've told everything. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, where do I even start? Um, yeah. Um, well, thank you for all that big uh, introduction. <laughs> and um, I, I'm look, looking back at my life, I feel very grateful um, because it's brought me to a place of so much compassion. And um, often we, we our, our lives seem to us that they're you know what's wrong with my life? Why am I suffering? Why I'm so depressed? Why, why does life treat me this way? But today, when I look back, I see that um, every step of the way has been an absolute gift to bring me to where I am today. As I said, I, as you said, I grew up in South Africa um, in the separation and in the terrible pain of of living the separation. As I said, that I hated Arabs and Germans and uh, I hate to say, but black people were just shadows that moved around the house and uh, cleaned up after me and fed me and bathed me and everything else. I never knew their names. I never knew who they really were. Um, today, when I look back, that's very painful for me, but then I was just completely apathetic to, to the situation. Um, and in fact, there was um, suffering in my own home that I had completely put under the carpet uh, because it's too difficult to deal with sexual abuse when you're so young. And um, I never understood why I was depressed all my life and wanting to commit suicide at the age of 11 and later on in my life. 
and only much later um, when I, my fourth child um, was born and died the same day, um, when looking back today, that was the greatest gift, one of the greatest gifts of my life because she, in fact, opened up the Pandora box of my childhood suffering, um, which I had to look at, had to heal, had to work through, uh, had to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive, um, and brought me to where I am today. And the reason that I went to that workshop on suffering, because I was suffering because of the death of my baby. And um, that day, um, being in Nablus, in enemy territory, meeting Arab people for the first time, people who I was sure that every Arab is a terrorist. And all of a sudden, here I am sitting in the same room with these men with mustaches and women with the hijabs on their head. And for the first time in my life, I heard about the suffering of the other. Um, and this really changed my life completely because I had to look at my own suffering. At the same time, I was going through healing my own suffering. But I had to, I couldn't put my head back in the sand, you know. Um, so I had to look at the suffering of the other side and slowly, slowly, slowly allow myself to open up to, um, to start my path as a peacemaker. It was a long path. <laughs> it took me years uh, to get off the fence. Um, but uh, I just knew there was one day specifically that I said to God, this is it. I'm off the fence. You find me a way to get active because I can't sit back and just allow all of this to happen. And that was the day that um, I was, uh, um, this was off, just after the second intifada, 13 young Arab men had been killed in Israel by the police. There was an uprising. Um, and I found myself uh, near the Arab villages together with a friend. We went to a peace tent, and we were invited to... No, we weren't invited. Somebody came in and said, okay, we're going now to the homes of, um, of three young men who've been killed who live in villages nearby. And I nearly had a heart attack. I thought, oh, my God, how can I do that? Going to an Arab village now? You've got to be kidding and um, I phoned my ex, and he said to me, don't you dare, there's been a lynch in Ramallah today, and somebody was brutally killed, and go back to your children, what are you doing? And I put the phone down, and I took a deep breath, and I said to my friend, you know, if God has put me here in this moment, there's a reason for it. And shaking, I went with a group of people to these, um, these homes, these three homes of uh, young men who'd been killed, and one of them was an amazing peacemaker by the name of Asil Asli, who had been to a Seeds of Peace camp. He came from a peaceful family, and he was shot in his back, doing nothing, just being out because everybody was out. And um, I just wanted to get on the floor and scream and cry and get hysterical. I had to hold myself back and, you know... I said to God, okay, find a way. And that year I, um, I went to my friend in Santa Fe, Rachel Kaufman, my amazing friend and mentor, who I'd been um, doing workshops with for many years. She was my spiritual teacher. And I spent a month trying to heal the pain I was feeling around Israel and Palestine. 
and my marriage that was crumbling at the same time. Um, a while later, she shared with her friend um, about uh, about her pain, about my pain, and Deborah Sugarman said, "Why bother with the children, with the grown-ups? It's the children that need the it's the children that are the future. This is what's this is where we need to go." So she phoned me up and said, oh, you want to do a peace camp? And so the beautiful journey, the last nine years, I've been on a beautiful journey in this amazing organization called Creativity for Peace. Uh, that every year we bring together girls from Israel and Palestine for a three-week camp, summer camp in Santa Fe. It's really important to bring them out of the um, out of the conflict and out of the place of um, violence so that they can meet each other because to meet each other back home is really difficult physically and emotionally. So it starts with a three-week camp and uh, it's a year-long program. Um, Girls are committed to a year but many girls stay on as young leaders and um, it's amazing the, the, the girls from 2003, 2004, 2005 that are still part of our organization that have become young leaders. Um, there's one story that I love to tell about one of the young women who um, who came hard as an acorn. <laughs> she was so angry, one of the Palestinian girls, so angry. I went to get her from the airport. She came late for some reason, I can't remember. And I was—I felt that I was just about being pushed out of the car from her energy. And um, when she saw how we do our work, which what we do in the mornings, we do compassionate dialogue. In the afternoons, we do integrative arts. And then we have a lot of fun time. So when um, when this beautiful young woman saw the way that we work, she was really angry. She came to me then that afternoon after the dialogue and she banged her hand on the kitchen table. <laughs> Everything shook. Me too. And she said, what's the stupid thing that you're doing? I'm here to negotiate. What's, what's these personal stories? I'm not interested in personal stories. I'm here to negotiate. And I said, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Um, in our program, we're just here to make friends. We leave the negotiations to the politicians. They don't do a very good job anyway, but what can we do? It's a waste of time for us to talk politics here. So let's just get to know each other and become friends. That's what we're here for. And um, she looked at me with her stern face and said, well, I'm not coming to your stupid dialogue tomorrow. And uh, I didn't know what to do. I just... uh, have a little smile and said, well, see you tomorrow at nine. And I walked out the kitchen. Well, the next day I was wondering, is she going to come? Isn't she going to come? Is she going to be there? And um, she arrived, sat very sternly, her hands folded um, in front of her. She put up this big, enormous wall. And um, when she started to hear other girls speak, Slowly, slowly, she allowed herself to open up. And towards the end, she was one of the only girls that hadn't shared yet. And um, so 
we invited her to share and she shared but she said this happened and that happened and the next thing happened when she was saying horrendous things but with absolutely no emotion she was completely cut off from her emotions just sharing these really horrendous things that had happened to her as a child and I just asked her afterwards um, you want to tell us, sweetheart, how this influenced your life, how this makes you feel? And she took a deep breath and went inward. And slowly she started telling us the stories again um, with exactly how she felt when each thing happened and the tears started to flow. Not only for her, but the tears started to flow in the whole room. And she just let out this terrible pain that she had been holding and harboring inside of herself all these years. Just a 16-year-old girl who'd gone through so much, seen, seen killing, seen kids being, her cousin being killed, and her little tricycle when she was just three or four years old was riding on her tricycle, and she heard the tank coming behind her, and she had to jump off her, tank, uh, off the, off her tricycle, and the tank ran over her tricycle, and more and more stories, just more and more. And... Um, Eventually, she just let it all out, and the whole room was in tears. I didn't know what to do. I said, God, what do I do? What do I do? And all the only word I heard was hug, hug. And I asked her permission, can we hug you? And she said yes, and we all hugged her. We just, She stood in the middle, and we hugged her. We just moved from side to side, and it was a beautiful moment. Today, I call her the rose petal. She's become so soft and so beautiful and so active, and she's one of our young leaders. And uh, her mom said to me once, she said, I sent you a monster. What did you do with my daughter? And all we did with her daughter was allow her to feel her feelings. That's all. You know, if we, if we, all, we all hold our feelings so deep inside our body and we have to put up these walls in order to be able to cope, but what we're doing is we're putting up walls that we can't really get to each other and connect with each other. And I think that's the beauty of the work in Creativity for Peace, that um, we cry a lot. The dialogue room is called the crying room. And when, you can, when the enemy cries with you, there's a big, enormous healing. My dream would be for all Israelis and Palestinians and all people who've who've been in the situation of hurt, mothers and daughters and fathers and daughters and everybody, if we could just sit and share our pain and share our feelings and have the other really listening to us with compassionate listening um, and no nonviolent communication, I think that this world can, can heal because I've seen it. Girls that hated each other or thought they hated each other have become amazing friends and uh, beautiful relationships are, are we woven and um, it's been an amazing gift for me to be part of this beautiful organization. And I'd like uh. to read a poem that I wrote um, uh. and then I'll tell you where I've moved from there. <laughs> and Anayel, uh, if we could just uh, welcome those who have come um, a little bit after we started. Okay. I'm very much looking forward to hearing your poem and just wanted to welcome those of you who arrived recently 
And just to let you know, to please press 1 on your keypad, telephone keypad that is. If you would like to make a reflection or you have a question for ONIL, I'd like to leave that invitation open throughout tonight's call. So please, again, if you have a question or a comment for ONIL, um, please press 1 on your telephone keypad uh, throughout tonight's call. So, um, Anael, please do share your poem. Okay. Thank you. So, um, the poem is called A New Path, and I realize now that this is the one I chose was actually what I wrote that year um, when I just shared about, about this beautiful young woman. Um, a New Path. I open my eyes to a future where walls will fall, where hearts will open to a peaceful coexistence. I open my ears to hear the waves of joy. I open my arms to receive the message, my mouth to sing a song of love and peace. I smell the possibility. These young women are creating this energetic foundation for us all as they bravely fly into the unknown in order to meet the enemy face to face, eye to eye, and eventually heart to heart. Here they are given a safe space and tools of compassion as they share their deepest pain, anger, and fear. Some come hard as acorns, having to protect the inner core that has been through so much in so few years. Anger and accusations turn into tears as they discover truth they would have preferred never to know, which brings a deep understanding that we're all suffering, all victims of this ancient feud between the children of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. Tears fall like rain, softening the land over which our ancestors have fought in order to uproot the generational hatred. The seeds that have been buried six feet under start to sprout new possibilities as they face each other, meet each other, eye to eye, as they touch each other, first in anger and fear, then in consolation, which soon turns into hugs of love. They are creating a new path, opening the doors of their soft inner core, which is sprouting soft green leaves as they sing, dance, and rejoice, the possibility of a peaceful coexistence knowing from the deepest place in their beings that it is possible for them to become the strong tree of life where all sides can live peacefully, rooted in the land, side by side, face to face, eye to eye, heart to heart. You are my hope. Take a moment to and so is this poem a part of from pieces to peace, Hanael? No, actually this poem is not part of From Pieces to Peace. Uh, when I started writing From Pieces to Peace I was sure it was gonna be about the Israel Palestine um journey I've been on 
But the more I got into writing, I realized that my inner peace needs mm. to come first. Mm-hmm. And so From Pieces to Pieces, a poetic narrative of healing childhood incest. Mm. And this poem and many others are going to be in a new book that I'm writing, uh, which I think is going to be called For the Love of the Land. Mm. Another poem that I've written. And so what you're what you've just shared, um, Anael, if if we could just circle back around for a moment to the journey that you took as uh, a South African born young woman um with with a hate for Germans and for Arabs until that pivotal moment that you mentioned. And I wondered if, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more deeply about the, about your own pivotal moment because that 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 story that you just shared about um, this young woman in creativity for peace um, and her transformation is very powerful and I know that that you experienced something very powerful yourself. Um, can can you share a little bit more? Um, about what what occurred for you in that moment? Um, For me, I think when I look back at all the work that I've done over the years, my my work with the girls of giving them a voice, helping them have a voice, is where I didn't have a voice. As a child, I didn't have a voice. No No one heard my voice because I couldn't speak it up. Um, in those days, people never spoke about incest. <laughs> uh, today, things are up in you know, television, newspapers. At that time, there was like no place, I think, in, in a child's mind to even understand what's happening to them. And um, uh, the, the pivotal moment for me to open up to what had happened to me was actually when my daughter died. I went into such deep depression for years. I was in really in a really bad place. And um, seven years to the day after she died, uh, I started to choke night after night after night. I was just choking and choking and choking. And the doctors couldn't find anything. And I went to um, to a healer. Um, reflexologist who just did reflexology on me and and somehow it opened uh, it opened things up and at the end I just I mean I didn't while I was going through the reflexology I had no idea what was about to come but at the end I just lay there and um, I was sharing what I had seen which I had just seen like pieces of puzzle of my father's face and seen a picture of my mother I I was relaxed and all of a sudden everything just turned red and I went into this um, spontaneous rebirthing where the memories of the incest started to come back to me and this was a long journey of having to the same as, as what we do with the girls, we give them the place to share their pain and their suffering I had to start dealing with my pain and suffering in a very deep way. And um, all of what I've done, I feel, has culminated in a new book that I've written 
called Billy Bully's Wake Up Dream. I also had my wake up dream. I had to wake up to the truth of what had happened to me. And just a few few days ago, I was reading, I was doing a session with somebody and I was speaking about the book and all of a sudden I realized that uh, I speak about Billy Bully. I, my birth name is Heather. And when I, I was small, I was so small, they used to call me Heather Feather. And I realized that the story is my story. The children's story is actually my story. Um, when we've been hurt, we either become bullies or we become disempowered. And I went into the disempowered mode. Um, often, every year, a group of compassionate listeners uh, from the States would come to my home and one of the women shared, I think maybe she was even on this program, I tried to listen but couldn't get on, um, she, she'd worked with prisoners and she said one of the prisoners said something, hurt people, hurt people. And um, this is what happens so much and I feel that this is what's happening between Israel and Palestine. We're just hurting each other, uh, back and forth, back and forth. And it's, thank God I managed to break my cycle and I'm sure that I hurt my children, but I didn't abuse them, thank God, in any terrible way. Um, probably hurt them just because I couldn't really be, oh, can't stand, no 100% present for them because I was going through my own healing process. Um, mm. But I, I feel like work, having worked with the girls uh, was part of my healing and not only their healing. Mm. And that brought me to, to a place where I, I knew at the end of this year that I needed to leave the organization that I so love with all my heart and expand because I want to get to younger children um, and children worldwide. Um, I realized that <laughs> just this week that when I was a child, one of the things that I used to take with me wherever I went, I used to take a pillow with me. Uh, whenever, when I was, real, I was a small child and I used to spend all my time in nature out in the garden because this is where I could feel safe I guess um, or get some solace from what was going on and this is what you know the, the a big message in the book is to be out in nature and to um, the big message, I guess, is all I've learned over the last few years that our thoughts create our reality. I was so busy hating myself and having terrible thoughts about myself. Uh, all that I thought of Jews, of, of Germans and Arabs, believe me, no terrorist would want the thoughts that I had about myself. Um, and it took me years oh. to, to retrain myself to think positive. And this is what I would like to educate the children from a young age that our thoughts create our reality. And if, if, if children can go to sleep imagining peace, dreaming peace, then hopefully they'll be able to bring it in and find place for their own healing too. And so, so Anayel, you're speaking about this incredible book that is, uh, has just been um, ignited or is about to be ignited on the Kickstarter campaign and could you tell everybody the title of the book and a little bit more about this very unique, uh, it's not only a book, it's, it's a pillow that comes with it. So this is a, a, a wonderful opportunity to, to set the framework for the deeper story there. And um, 
We still have people joining us tonight, which is wonderful. And I just want to again mention, please press 1 on your keypad, open invitation to you this evening throughout tonight's call if you have a question or a comment you'd like to make with NIL. Um, please feel free to press 1 on your telephone keypad at any time tonight. So Anayel, go ahead and, and, and let's dive into talking a little bit about this uh, incredible new book that's about to be birthed. Okay. Well, the the idea actually started. Uh, start with the title, there. Huh? Start, start with the title. Start with the title, if you would. Okay. And um and. Okay. The title is Billy Bully's Wake Up Dream. <laughs> and it's a co-creation. It's not only my creation. I wrote the story, wrote the poem. And Val, Carpenter, Val Valentine, who worked in creativity for Peace for five years, who's become a very good friend of mine, uh, did the art, uh, the artwork for it. And I truly feel it's a co-creation. I knew that she was the only person who could do the artwork for it because she's been through the process together with me. And in fact, that year that, uh, that I shared about this beautiful young woman, um, Val and I did the compassionate dialogue together because um, Sylvie, my co-partner in dialogue, was ill that year and, and couldn't come. Palestinian woman that's working with me, that was working with me. So she's gone. She's not only did she has she done a beautiful work in in creating this amazing art program, but she also uh, sat in the dialogue with me that year. So she she knows the whole process. And I knew that she's the only one who could do the artwork. <laughs> and and on my own, um we do have a question. I'd like mm. to pause for a moment and okay. invite Polly. Welcome, Polly. You're live. Polly, did you have a question? We'll, we'll come back to her on my own. Okay. Sounds like she might be having some sound issues. Or, or uh, equipment issues. <laughs> okay. So yes, go go ahead and continue the sharing about okay, the journey so, so of the book. Uh, what I was going to say is that uh, many years ago, I had this idea that um, about the peace pillow that if if many if children if I realized because I had changed my thought process so much, then with all the the, the secret that came out and everything that if children around the world could go to sleep imagining peace, then hopefully the next generation can bring peace in. And I I just put it on the back burner because I was so busy with Creativity for Peace. It was a, For me, it was a 24-hour job because even if I wasn't actually working, my head was working all the time. So I didn't really have time to, to do anything with it. And when I knew that I, it was time for me to, to move on, uh, the memory came back about the, the pillow and I was sharing with Val, I um, visited her after camp in Denver, um, and she said, well, why not write a book together with it? And um, in a magical way, after camp this year and after being in Denver, I found myself in Crestone, Colorado, uh, in the magic land. I feel like I'm in heaven. <laughs> I have to leave heaven in a week's time, go back to Israel. Um, but one night I was just like woken up in the middle of the night, one 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 o'clock, one thirty, and within three hours the story was just all out 
written down and ready to go. Um, so I really feel that it's been brought through me uh, for the healing of this next generation. The illustrations, uh, I've, I've actually had the honor of being privy to the, the, the birth of the illustrative process and, and Anael has even um, shared the book um, itself with me uh, since I also live in Crestone and I have to say the illustrations are some of the most profoundly beautiful illustrations I've seen and as a part of the story um, and Val, you know, she used colored pencils. Um, I believe that's the, her, the main uh, media yeah. that she used. And uh, she brings it to life. And there's a very special character in this book, mm-hmm. Anayel. Um, can you share a bit about... Yes. The very special character is the blue spot orange dot. And she's the sacred, sacred mother earth. <laughs> Um, who disguises herself as a butterfly and she facilitates Billy Bully's journey. Um, takes him on a beautiful journey. Uh, he has a dream. He falls asleep and has a dream. And in her, he dreams of a, but, uh, of a rainbow and she slips into his rainbow and takes him on a journey where she shows him a different reality that he's li- than what he's living in. And um, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, so you'll buy it. <laughs> and and Anayel, could you tell us a little bit more about the idea of the peace pillow and yeah. how that's going to work? The peace pillow, uh, the the story actually. Okay, I'll I'll tell you. The story ends with Billy Billy receiving a pillow from. Um, a young woman from the enemy country, <laughs> um, a peace pillow, a beautiful pillow. And my idea was that um, whoever buys the the book and pillow in an affluent society, a pillow will be will be donated to a child either in a war zone or a child in poverty or whatever. I believe that children. All the, the children of the world need to connect because this is our future. We're all interdependent. You know, we always thought we're separate, but we're not. We're all we're all one big entity, and we need to care for each other. So, if children who are living a good life will know that our children suffering, hopefully in the future they're going to do something to help these children. And children who are suffering, if they know that there's somebody out there who cares about them, that can give them hope for change and for for something new. Um, which, please God, we will move into this new age of caring and compassion and love that we're all so waiting for. And also, like, I have an idea that the, the this book could go into schools, and in schools, I would have the I wouldn't have the the pillow that we're creating, but I'd have them create their own pillows for themselves and for their friends, like for a kid that they're in conflict with, or to send to kids uh, around the world. So I see this not only as the book and the pillow, but a way of connecting children uh, worldwide. Oh. How that happens, God knows, but I'm, I know that it has to happen. <laughs> and I'll, well, I'll, I'll I, I, really, I really love the idea of bringing together a story 
with something tangible for uh, children to exchange. The idea really is that that um, the child will have something um, besides the book. They'll have a pillow from another child somewhere in the world, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And um, you, you say that this, this book came through you and... Um, Interestingly, also that you felt that it it was in many ways your own journey. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, it is and, my journey. <laughs> and and Anayel, one of the things that really struck me deeply when I uh, first met you, um, and throughout the time that I've known you, is the again this piece of your journey where you found yourself sitting uh, with Arab peoples. In when, when you moved to Israel and were living there, and um, I, I, I had touched on that a, a little while ago, and I, can can we go back to that for a moment? I I'd really like to hear your visceral experience of what it felt like to shed the your own personal hate and prejudice and cultural conditioning. Um, can can you open that up a little bit more for us because you you have such a unique perspective of living in Israel, and of course you're going back there next week, and it's going to be hard to see you go. <laughs> but um, but uh, you know what what was that like for you to be sitting there realizing what what were your realizations, and what do, what is it that that uh, heals us most deeply? Uh, for me, that, in, in, that, even in the darkest of places, even in the yeah. darkest of conflicts, to have that kind of realization that you did. The, the, the word that comes to me is shattering. I, I, I went through, I had to go through like a shattering because I knew, I knew what my belief system was. I knew that these are my enemies and these are the people that I hate. And all of a sudden, I'm there in the same room with the people that I thought that I hate, but I'd never actually met them. And my heart is just opening up and, and I'm, I'm, I'm empathizing with them and I'm crying with them and I'm, I'm, understanding, um, I'm understanding their pain. And I'm, and I'm also shocked to, I was, I was shocked to the, to the core because my father was actually born in Palestine in 1927 and at the age of two, his family moved. Uh, there were riots in, in Palestine, what was called Palestine at the time, and they moved down to South Africa. And they had fled Europe, and so they, were, they fled again to South Africa. And so all I ever heard my whole life, we were going home, we were going home, we were going home. And I had no idea. Like, nobody taught me the, 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 the narrative of, of, of the other people. I just knew my own narrative. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing these people with exactly the same story. My father keeps telling me that we're going to go home to, to Jaffa, to Haifa, to here, to there. I was shocked. What do you mean? How, that's my home. How can you say that? Like, it, 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 it shattered all my, everything that I had known to be true. All of a sudden, you have to look and say, well, what is the truth? And... Working with the girls also, we, we do this exercise, we call it the history line, where the girls sit separately and they write out their history. And 
they then afterwards they share and like for what us Independence Day for Israelis and Jewish people Independence Day was like the biggest day the biggest joy for us and for and the Arab the Palestinians call it Nakba which means um, uh, oh, I hate it when this happens I, I lose my English and Hebrew and everything together <laughs> Uh, catastrophe. Yeah, catastrophe. For for them, it was a catastrophe, and like meeting this is like it was so difficult for me, um, and it did take me years of having to to look at my suffering and their suffering and to open up, to open my heart. Like it had been closed, so um, now I was like obsessed with the Holocaust as a child. That was the only the only books that I read were Holocaust books and. I guess it was part of the, own, the Holocaust I was going through at home too. Um, so I needed to like identify with the suffering, um, and I've had to do a lot of work on letting go of my my uh, my Holocaust stuff. I've 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 done a lot, a lot, a lot of work there because that was the most difficult day for me at camp because being the the dialogue facilitator. Um, where not only am I facilitating the dialogue, but my my emotions are there too, and I want to be able to support all the girls on both sides um, and be neutral. So I've had to do a lot of work on releasing my victimhood about the Holocaust, and I feel that both both we're all victims of this terrible conflict. Both sides are victims. As is as I could say with my father, my father was also a victim. He harmed me because he he was victimized on himself. I know that today. Uh, when I look back, I can see where his where, where his wounding was. I'm sure he didn't get up so, in the morning and say, you know, I'm going to harm my daughter. Um, but thank God I managed to break the cycle, and my our, my generation we've broken the cycle. <laughs> So Anaya, you you are a witness to one of the deepest conflicts in our world, um, and you also, of course, have lived this incredible story of of your own life and your own journey. Um, also, of course, in South Africa, which is another yeah. place where there was horrific violence and conflict, and continues. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder what happens when a victim just wants to stay a victim, and how do you? Is there any way to br- help that process to be broken, um, or that 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 wall to be broken, uh, dissolved, um, healed, or is there a point when you just you have to take a, uh, perhaps a, a place of surrender and of greater trust to a larger story? I mean, where do where do you find that line when 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 you're working in social healing, conflict resolution, and you know you're you're bearing witness to you know all of these victims um, and the perpetrators who are also victims themselves, as you pointed out. Where do you know, and how do you know when it's just not the time to for the for that particular person's a journey to resolve out of that role that they're so married to, um, and and 
Are there other things that, that, that you have practiced in your life in working with victims that you found have helped them out of that really viscous kind of solid um, play acting uh, of a victim role? And, and rightfully so many times, you know, these yeah, yeah. people have seen horrific, 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 unimaginable things. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? Hopefully that makes sense, what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, it's really hard to, to pinpoint exactly, and it's hard for me to speak about somebody else because every soul has a different journey in this world, in this, in this life, I think. If I, if I look at myself... Um, I could well, you know what? I th- I think now just as I'm saying that, um, just like something's opening up for me. Love is the answer. Love is the answer to 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 heal, to be able to heal. If we can truly feel loved by somebody, I think that that's a big a big part of the healing. Um, I mean, if I just look back at at, at my, at, I didn't even think of this before while you were asking the question, and now it just like popped into my face. After my baby had died, we moved to live up north in in the Galilee. We moved to a kibbutz, and I met a woman there. Her name is Shanti. God bless her. And she was the first person that I had actually felt truly loved me. Um. And that was a big part of my of starting my healing journey. It still took me many years. And I remember even one day she said to me, not so long ago, <laughs> she said, so how much longer do you want to hold on to this uh, thing about your dad? When are you going to let it go? And, you know, holding on to the victimhood, it's very comfortable. There's something comforting holding on to the victimhood because also it's an excuse not to really move forward. For me, anyway, it was an excuse not to move forward. Uh, you can carry on blaming somebody else for your suffering. Uh, you can stay stay back and lead a mediocre life if you want. Or you can let go and become who you were born to be, which I'm finding now is happening to me. I feel like you know, I've stopped thinking about it, I've stopped obsessing about it, and having written this book really released me, even though after I wrote the book I went into deep depression, but I feel that that was like my last letting go of that victimhood. And also with the girls that, that I've worked with, I feel that the love and the compassion that they experienced uh, through myself, through Sylvie, through the staff, um, was the, it gave them the courage to, to move into a new place. And not all of us have that in our lives, you know? Um, but for for me, I can see I can see that that's the the uh, what made the difference was really being felt that it, like I didn't feel loved by my parents. I'm sure they loved me, but I couldn't feel it. Uh, and Shanti was the first person that I actually she just loved me unconditionally with my depression and with my you know with all that was going on in my life, and she just loved me anyway. <laughs> um, and that that was the beginning of my my healing process. Um, 
and and I think that what helped me a lot uh, to get out of this place of disempowerment is that I I started learning healing, Reiki, EFT, um, many healing modalities that I could help myself that I didn't need and I didn't need to be interdependent on other people all the time for help. That it started mm. you know, building my own backbone and that I could start feeling more strength and more of who I am. Um, but it was a long journey. <laughs> mm, thank you so much for, for sharing that on my own. I'd like to uh, welcome actually Joy has a question or a comment. Welcome, Joy. You're live. Hi. Um, I have a comment. And Anael, I actually met you in 2003. I was on one of those compassionate listening journeys and attended a party in your house. <laughs> and uh, I'm remembering all this very vividly. Yeah. And I may even have been the one who talked about prisoners because at the time I was working in a prison. Yeah, with I even remember manhood. exactly where you were standing and where you were when you said that. It's like this really went yeah. so deep. So I, I was very moved tonight to hear you talk about the sexual abuse because I have also recovered from sexual abuse. And although I haven't lived in Israel-Palestine, I have maintained my deep interest in that conflict and continue to practice this same kind of recovery journey that you are. And and still, every day almost, I, I deal with the issue of people who are closed, angry, bitter, blaming um, unable to open their hearts, um, and it seems to be like that's my life work. And, and it's it's interesting how how people almost share a similar um, journeys. So it's wonderful to hear your voice again. Thank you. Mm, thank you, and just know that those words really were part of my healing and made me understand so much better what what had happened to me and and what happens to the girls and. Um, and and it's part of the book. <laughs> it's there in the oh. book. You're oh. quoted in my book. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm very moved. <laughs> it's so wonderful to to this reconnection. Yeah. <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, how wonderful! Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Joy. You're welcome. Mm, sounds like you do some really incredible work yourself, and and uh, as you may know, one of the the deep passions that I have is uh, related to restorative justice, and of course the uh, the healing of the criminal justice system in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, thank you for being here with us tonight, Joy. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'd just like to go ahead and um, open up the mic for Mike. Welcome, Mike. Yes, I, I just I don't have anything to say except I want to really want to thank you because um, I can tell what you're saying is really coming from the heart and how important being heard is uh, from what and it's not just women; it's men too. That yeah, we, for sure, it's men too. Need to be heard. We're afraid to open up, but. Uh, I'm hearing you, and uh, just thank you. Mm, thank you. I, my, my, okay. my, my, my big wish is that men can open up to their feelings. I think that's the biggest gift that that this world will have when when men are allowed to feel their feelings, and that we can truly love men, and, and they won't have to fight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a lot of healing we need in this world. Mm. Um, Mike, thank you so much for that comment. In fact, I was just thinking uh, of how appreciative I was uh, of uh, of just that sense of of what Anayo was sharing around, and to be heard is is to is is at the foundation of of healing and of of opening and of transmuting the wound. And and being heard, interestingly enough, is is a very tactical kind of sense, sort of um, you know pointing towards uh, one of our five senses. And yet, yeah. interestingly enough, being heard truly has very little to do with a five sense transmission. Mm. Um, and so, Mike also pointed out on IL that he could feel. You're you're speaking from the heart, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's kind of a beyond the five senses uh, understanding that we as humans seem to share. I just wanted to thank you again, Mike, for for pointing that out. Um, that's very much a deep deep and universal foundation uh, that I've really enjoyed exploring throughout this this whole series that we've been doing since last fall. Um, you know that, that that's one of the aspects, one of the deepest ones. Um, let's go ahead and, and and open it up for for one more. Um, and also, I'd like to add something. Oh yes, what you, please. What you, asked, what you asked before about um, you know about how people can help themselves. I I I think that what what one of the things I didn't say is the forgiveness. Um, for me, the word forgive is forgive. It's in order to give me a life. Because all the time that we hold on to this anger and this hatred towards the, the perpetrator or anybody who's hurt us or whatever, uh, Rachel once said to me, if you're really angry with somebody and there's, there's a, a campfire and you want to, you're so angry you want to take a coal and throw it at them, who gets hurt first? You do. You burn your hand. And that's what happens so often when we're so angry and full of hatred towards someone we're we're going through it over and over and over. And like my dad's even dead now. Hello, he's dead. He's gone, and I was still going over it again and again and again. And he's he's not even alive. And so the 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 forgiveness is such a big part for me, of of the healing, of being able to get out of that victimhood and move forward. And mm. uh, it's not easy to forgive, I know, mm. but it, but it gives us life. And One I keep of the on thinking of, of Azim, Azim, uh, 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 Azim Kamisa, right? Yeah, and look, it's look worked. what he did. He he forgave he forgave that 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 young man, and he loves him. He's like taking care of him, and he's saying, "Come, come, join me, come, join me." So this kid, instead of becoming a criminal in the in the prison, look where he's going to be. Where where he's going to be when he comes out? How many prisoners get any love, anything? You know, we we right. need to. I feel that this whole story of Billy Bully is cultivating compassion for the bully. Each and every one of us is. We're we're all bullies. We either bully ourselves, we bully somebody else, or we've been bullied, whatever. But we need to cultivate compassion for the bully in in all of us, and that's the way we can we can heal. Mm. Empathy and compassion. Well, I'd, I'd love to take another moment to invite uh, 
another member of the circle tonight to um, ask a question, if that's all right with you, Anayel. Yeah, that's um, So, Kim, go ahead. You're, you're live and welcome. <laughs> Hi. Thank you, Anayel. This is Kim. Hi, we Kim. know each other through Valerie. Ah, okay. Hi, Kim. <laughs> um, I am just, um, oh, um, so grateful and so touched um, and um, feel such deep connection and resonance. Mm. Um, and I know that you said a question, and I'm, I too have been attacked in my life, and I'm recovering from a car accident, and recreating and I feel like I'm going through such a rebirthing process mm. um, and have met Azim and, and so much of what you say because I've been a, attacked in my life and, and using the tools that, that you live from and speak from um, with my family at the moment even um, there's been a lot of rage and anger in my family mm. from pain and um, so I guess maybe to ask a question, forgiveness is key. And so, and I look forward, I'll say this before I forget it, that I look forward to connecting after the call. Okay. But um, are there anything, any other tools that you think, because I, I do a lot of creative play shops and do stuff out of the box, mm-hmm. that any other tools that, you could highlight for those of us that are on the phone that processing, forgiving, freeing ourselves from our own pain or that of the generations that came before us in addition to forgiveness. Is there any like one or two or three other things that you would like to share? Well, I can I can share what I've done for myself because I, I can only share what, what I've experienced myself um, what's really helped me tremendously is the journey of Brandon Bayes. Okay. You know it. Um, I I experienced that many years ago, just after I got divorced, and I was sure it was going to be about my husband and the divorce and everything. And that had absolutely nothing to do with him. Everything <laughs> was about my dad. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. was I actually married? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the cycles repeat, and then we go, oh, that was the original one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, so that's something that's really helped me. The EFT has helped me tremendously. Okay. Um, Ho'oponopono has helped me tremendously. Uh, Reiki, um, EMDR. EMDR, I found, has been amazing for me. Okay. Um, like when I went into the big depression last year, I did EMDR, and I feel that's really pushed me forward amazingly. It somehow seems to to disconnect the body from uh, from the trauma. So you can remember uh, yeah. the trauma, but you don't have to re- um So I feel that these have been the main things. Ordinary psychology for me really does nothing. Sorry to... Right, but, right. Just, <laughs> but it's just not the way I work. I need to have experiential healing. And I feel that we need to energetically get stuff out of our body. When we're holding right, on to the too. energy, we can talk, talk, talk. But for me, um, I feel that we have to release the energy from the body. I also did uh, playback theater for the last two years, which oh, okay. also helped me tremendously, tremendously. I did a lot of healing through the playback. Um, and 
writing poetry has been my greatest gift. <laughs> I never did, at school, I used to fail in class, and after my after you know after Amy died, um, five years after she died, I went to a course uh, as a kindergarten teacher. We, I was sent to a course. I did integrative arts. And when I thought it was creative writing, one of the things with creative writing, I nearly had a heart attack. Me, creative writing, I'm in the wrong place. And um, this, this has been my big healing through writing, through, through writing poetry. Mm. Big, big healing. It's getting it out. It's getting it yeah. out of the body. And I, oh, thank yeah. you. So thank you so much. Okay. I love that question too, Kim. Thank you so much for for your comments, for your question. Um, and for sharing your own journey as well, which sounds profound. Um, I, I also wanted to just share that uh, Bert Hellinger's constellation work, yeah, yeah, probably okay. many of you know about it, but Kim, that I, in my own personal uh, journey and healing, and uh, I love how you pointed out the intergenerational aspect of, of healing and wounding and um, and and how to look at it from that perspective that, that it's much bigger than uh, simply about us, of course, yeah. and the indigenous worldview of it being seven generations um, previous and seven to come. And uh, so I I personally have seen um, just astounding. Um, Surprises and and magical experiences of, of of just a waterfall of healing of, of reconciliation happen even even if you don't have a group of people that can come together to do a constellation setup with you um, you know you can even do it with with uh, like just intention with yourself um, in, in in speaking and connecting to the uh, the aspects of of your own lineage and your family and and whatever it is that you're working um, to bring to healing and to as Anaya was speaking to ho'oponopono, pono pono meaning right and to make right and to make balanced. Um, thank you so much for bringing that aspect up of it because I was just thinking about the uh, you know the nonlinear aspect of of healing. And of unwinding these wounds, and uh, and it, it makes it feel so much more deep and rich. In my experience, to feel it as a collective journey that we are on together, and an honor each day to wake up and ask, you know, what, where can I help to place my attention today to help release uh, those that have come before me. And those that that uh, uh, are coming in in the future, and so um, Anayel, I just want to want to thank you so much for being here tonight. And I wondered if you had any anything else you'd like to say in closing. Uh, we've gone a little bit over time, but it's just been so rich tonight. This journey with you, and um, perhaps you even have a short poem to to close out tonight. Whatever okay. you would like to do in closing. Um, okay, I just want to say one more thing that I, I left out something that's been very pivotal in my life is I'm part of an international community of people who dance uh, in order to heal. It's called For the One, 
for the one dance you can look it up uh, for the one dot com i think um i am not going to go into it now but it's because we're at the end but it's also been a big big part of my healing and uh, healing the world um okay so i shall read a very short poem um which is the beginning it's the first poem in the book from pieces to peace okay and, uh, and before you do that dear i just would like to to also um, invite people in the next few days to go to the kickstarter.com uh, campaign to check out more about this beautiful upcoming book and pillow project. Um, it should be live within the next couple of days on I.O. Is, is that correct? It should be around after the 26th, I hope. Yeah. And people can get in touch with you through, uh, through me, through this series, or with you directly, um, either at Facebook, or do you want to share an email or uh, any yeah, other information? If you're looking for me on Facebook, be sure that it's where there's a picture of me, because there seem to be two Facebook pages, and the one where there's no picture, I don't really check. <laughs> and uh, the other one, that you can get to me at my uh, email, which is poetry at gmail.com. Wonderful. So before, finally, before you share um, your poem to close us this evening, just a reminder to please join me next week if, if you would like. I'll be hosting Saul and Penny Arbeth of the Canadian Department of Peace. They'll be joining us from, from Canada and uh, have a profound story about their own journey in restorative justice. So that will be next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. And again, this archive will be posted at mollyrowanpresents.com. So, Anayel, please take us into closing with your beautiful heartfelt poem. From Pieces to Peace May we all have the courage to heal. May we all have the courage to deal with the past and leave it there in the past. May we learn to live in the here and now. Forgiveness, our gift of giving ourselves what we deserve. A full life, a fulfilled life, a peaceful life. From pieces to peace. Amen. Mm. Thank you so much, Anayel. Thank you, and thank you, and everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for hearing me. <laughs> and I'm opening up the mics for anyone who'd like to say peace as we go out tonight. Peace. 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 Shalom. 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 Shalom.